that your faith will be increased. There's no way it cannot be increased. But I want you to think for a second, are we really that far off the mark? I think a lot of times we are our own worst enemy. We sell ourselves so short because we're listening to the devil. And we're not listening to God. You know, we're so caught up in condemnation and, and, and all the things and all the different denominations that we get caught up in, 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 in what Church of Christ says and what Methodists say and what Baptists say and what Catholics say. And then we're all mixed in the middle and just stop. Just stop. Just hit pause for a minute. I mean, surely, on my worst day, I'm as good as that centurion, right? I mean, we are. Surely, we've heard. Surely, we've read the Bible enough. Surely, we've seen enough. Surely, we will continue to be shown enough. But we've got to get out of our skeptical mindset. It said, And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that, that the one for whom you uh, should do this is deserving, for he loves our nation, and he has built us a synagogue. Again, you know, a lot of times as Christians, we think we can, uh, we can buy our way in. We think we can, we can tithe our way in. We think we can... Um, you know, do enough good deeds, enough good works. Um, and in most cases, that's exactly wrong. It says, Then Jesus went to them, and, and when he was already not far from uh, the house, a centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. So maybe that's my problem. Maybe I'm not humble enough. Um, maybe I need to, to attack this from a different direction. Maybe I need to attack the people that, that, that I'm trying to, to encourage, uh, that I'm trying to witness to, that I'm trying to help, that I'm trying to teach, that I'm trying to correct. Maybe, maybe just maybe, I need to attack them with some humility. You know, something I learned a long time ago, it, it's hard for me be humble to anyone. It's hard for me to be uh, to submit to anyone if I can't be humble and submit to God. I mean, again, the weakest link in this chain and the weakest link in, in our faith is us. God hadn't changed. He's sitting here waiting. And most of the time he's telling you, stop, stop, back up. Shut your mouth, open your ears, open your heart, and let me do what I do best. Right? I mean, how many times do we have to see people's lives mended back together? How many times do we have to see people picked up out of the gutter? I mean, you would think as many times as my family as a whole, and not just, you know, my immediate family, but uncles, cousins, uh, brothers, sisters, uh, in-laws, everything, you would think with them knowing how many times I've been picked up out of the gutter from God himself, they wouldn't need any more. That would be enough. That would be enough 
miracles for their faith to be able to move this church across the street. I mean, do we believe that? And see, I believe that there's people still being healed. I believe that people can still be healed. I believe that my son that has type 1 diabetes can be healed. I believe that my son that is blind in one eye can be healed. I believe my nephew that is blind in one eye can be healed. I believe all the issues that are going on in our lives can be healed. So my part in it is shut up and believe. Right? I mean, we all get caught up where we got to be right. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, I don't like being wrong. But I believe in all these healings. You know, what is your faith? I mean, what is it? Do you have to see it? Do you have to see it be done? Can you just have the hope? I mean, how many of us has been in so much despair and has no hope in your life? How many of us remember what that was like? What that feels like? <laughs> Go off. That is the worst place that you'll ever be in. How many has been part of rather than encouraging someone but feeding their despair? Right? Now look, we're not trying to rewrite anything. God wants us to stand up. He wants us to be soldiers. He wants us to come boldly. He wants us to be warriors. He wants us to stand against injustice. He wants us to stand against sin. But there's a way to do it. See, me and my kids, we have conversations all the time. You can disagree. You can have an opinion. But you're going to do it in the correct way. Right? You're going to do it with love. You're going to do it with respect. Now, it may not change the outcome of your little small corner of the world. But what I'm trying to do is teach them communication. Teach them dialogue in a time where all you got to do is mash a button. Right? You know, I tell my son and I, I tell Cody quite a bit, you know, uh, you know I've, I've raised them and I'll continue to raise them. And I tell Christian as well, you know, we come from a lot of brokenness. Right? I mean, we've been blessed to have the family that we have today. But we came from brokenness. So Cody's really my nephew. Yeah, hey Cody. And he done a fine job this morning. I, he's got some got some color black to him. And <laughs> so Cody's my nephew and he's not my sister's boy. He's not even my sister in law's boy. So Cody belongs to my ex wife and yes, I said ex wife. And I'm preaching, I'm saved. And I'm passionate about what I do. And I love the Lord. But Cody belongs to my ex-wife's 
sister. And he stayed from me. Christian is my stepson, which is my son. And anybody tells me any different, then I'll set God on them. You know, 20 years ago, we had met out in the street and whatever, but now I'm trying to let God do what God does. You know, I have no problem with standing up and being firm and, and stating what the truth is, but it's just how I do it now. You know, I don't want to meet nobody in the OK Corral or at noon or nothing like that. I'm 51. I'm stiff. I get hit. It's going to hurt. So my son, um, of course, is not Denny's son. So we're all a bunch of misfits. We've all got skeletons. We've all got dysfunctional. We've got, all got everything. I mean, we've got all kind of things going on in our lives. So there's all kind of healings that need to transpire, to take place in all of our lives. But it's like I tell my kids, there's a way to do it. You know, Cody's been mad at his mama. Christian's been mad at his mama. Christian's been mad at his daddy. Luke's been mad at his mama. And I'm sure they've all been mad at me. Now, they won't come talk to me when they're mad at me. I don't know why that is. I'm still working on that, by the way. But they all have issues. And I tell them all the same thing. The, the end goal is not to divorce your parents. Your end goal is to have that faith. To love them and know that someday they will get to where they need to be. And that just maybe, just maybe you can be a part of that. Maybe you can be the light that they need to see. Right? I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. I mean, there's so many people that have done me wrong in my life, and there's so many people, so many. There's probably county, states even, that I've done wrong. But what kind of man of God, what kind of brother, what kind of Christian would I be if I would not give them a way back? Right? Humility. Same thing with the uh, centurion. What would he have got? What kind of man would he have been if he didn't have the faith that he had? Would his servant have been healed? No. You wouldn't have been reading about him in the Bible. You'd have been reading about somebody else. Maybe you'd have been reading about the bread maker because God's going to use somebody. Why shouldn't it be you? God is going to use somebody. Why shouldn't it be us? Maybe today your healing is that you're not doing what you are to be doing. Maybe you don't know what you want to do. Well, I promise you, if you don't think about what God would have you do, you're not going to know. Just like I told my kids when they got out of high school. Well, I don't know what I want to do. Well, I didn't either. But guess what? I never knew what I wanted to do until I started thinking about it, right? I mean, my wife cuts up. She goes, well, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I still don't know. Well, that's 
that's just because you're backwards. You're not supposed to be that way. <laughs> I mean, right, really, we're not. But we attack everything in life with that same attitude. We attack our faith. We attack the Bible. We attack our service to God in the same manner that we attack life every day. You know, there's no truer statement that is, if two years from now you don't know what you want to be, you probably you don't need to go to college. I mean, do you want to go to college and throw a bunch of money in it and then not know? But still, it doesn't change the fact. The reason you don't know why you want to go to what you want to do and it's because you ain't thought about it. See, the world's messing with you that way just like it does every other way. So again, understand what the centurion had. That he had the faith. He had the power. He knew that Jesus was the ultimate. That he had the authority to do what he said he would do. He had the same authority that, that the centurion had with what he delivered with his folks. You know, he told somebody to go and they went. He told them to come and they come. He told his servant to do and he did. But he also knew Jesus said, he's healed, he's healed. Jesus didn't have to be there. That's the difference. That's where we need to be. That's the difference in our faith moving mountains. Jesus don't have to be here at that moment. He can stand out there in the street. He can, he can be in Hartford. He can be in Alaska. It's just the word. It's just the thought. He don't physically have to touch. He can use you to heal somebody. He can use you. He can use you. He can use you. That's what we're here for. We're just vessels. Another thing, and the last thing, is that Jesus marveled at his faith. You know, there's only uh, probably one other time that Jesus marveled. And it wasn't for somebody's faith. It was their lack of. And it was the community he came from and the people's lack of belief in him. So all we have to do is accept. All we have to do is understand. All we have to do is know that Jesus is going to do what Jesus said he was going to do. Last verse, and I'll hand it back over. You're going to do a song. All right. The last verse is Jeremiah 29 11. And everybody knows it. Been hearing it for years. But it's another one of those verses that has a lot of power in it. And it has power whether you believe in it or not. It just, it may not work for you. But thank God Mark believes for me. Thank God that Bo believed that, that God's going to do some great things in my life. Thank God I believe that my kids are going to experience great things. So Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil. Thoughts of peace. When's the last time we've been in peace? Right? Why are we not in peace? The Lord says, I know the thoughts of peace. Guess what? If you wake up tomorrow and you don't have peace, 
Name it again. We're naming everything else. I want peace. I pray for peace. I don't care about the money. I don't care about my bills. I want peace. And I promise you, you'll have it. But thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you an, an expected end. To give you an end. To give you a prosperous end. To give you a, a end of hope, right? Hope. Hope. How, how many of us know without hope it's almost impossible to have faith? You know, there's lots of things that we... we that hinders our, our faith, that hinders our hope, um, that hinders our walk in life, that, that makes, um, you know, our, our Christian walk, that makes our Christian faith, um, well, to be dull, to be non-productive. Because we're, we're seeing all these big things, you know, that we that we want God to do. We, we, we've got these, you know, synagogues, for lack of better things, uh, these buildings, these, uh, you know, these finances and all this stuff. But what about the, just the simple task of living life? What about just the simple task of being able to come to a place and to stand together, to be with like-minded people, to be with like-hearted people. Do we communicate enough at church that we even know the issues that we have? Or are we so ashamed of the issues we have? Look, at some point in time, we've got to get past the condemnation. We've got to get past the worry. We've got to get past all these things so we can start living again. I mean, you know, Christians today, with what has happened nationally, with what has happened nationally, Christians today, I mean, there will be bells ringing. If we had bells on top of church, there will be ringing. Right? I mean, think about it. 70s. So 50 years. 50 years of backward, ignorant thinking. Now, we've still got a long road ahead of us. What's going to happen, though, if, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll take too long a break here. Yeah. And, Lord, it'll be another 50 years. But just think about it. Finally, as a country, the Supreme Court has ruled that it's the state of Alabama's choice whether or not we're going to kill babies. The fact that we have this discussion is just mind-boggling. But, again, if we have no hope, that ought to give you hope. That ought to give you hope that God's still working. God's still shaking. God's still moving. God don't have to be on the job to be on the job, right? He don't have to be here. He don't have to punch clock. We just have to be diligent. We have to be committed. And we have to be submitted. Amen. Amen.